Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Power Man Podcast. This is Rory Paquette, and I am your host. And this is episode 35. Yep, 35. That's right. Very happy to be uh, recording number 35. Uh, we are setting them up and knocking them down. Thank you all for your uh, your feedback as we go. Um, I believe in the last podcast, I actually forgot to shout out our uh, Instagram. And uh, so let me make sure I cover that now. We are at Power of Man Podcast. That's at Power of Man Podcast, all one word, on Instagram. Please uh, comment there. Send us your questions, your comments, uh, anything that you have to say, uh, anything that you'd like to have responded to. Love the feedback. Absolutely love it. Um, great feedback on the last episode. And so I want to thank you all for uh, everything you had to say about that. Um, interesting. Actually, we talked about negative, uh, you know, and positive mindsets and the, the feedback was interesting. It really, really was. Um, a lot of us are very negative and don't like to be told that we're negative, apparently. <laughs> so, um, there's that, but, uh, I hope that at least one person recognized uh, themselves in some of that and uh, put those those three points into motion. Uh, the goal of the podcast, as always, is that if we can help one person, just one, be a better man tomorrow than he is today, then we're doing our job and everything we do here is worth it. So if you are that man, please, uh, please message me and let me know. I'd love to hear that. Before we get rolling today, I need to take a sip of my preferred beverage. <clears throat> oh yeah, good stuff. Freedom Hill Coffee. Uh, they can be found at Freedom Hill Coffee on Instagram. Uh, beautiful, rich brew, deep, dark roast, fabulous flavors, uh, individually packaged, freshly ground. You name it, it's an awesome coffee. And uh, a portion of all the proceeds go to uh, support veterans. So they're doing the right thing for the right reason. Great company. I hope that you will take a look at them. Again, at Freedom Hill Coffee on Instagram. And we are at Power of Man Podcast on Instagram as well. Can't wait to hear from you folks on all those points. Today, uh, I want to talk about a few things um, based on some things that have come to light here recently in my own life. So I know that that shocks most of you. But uh, yeah, I've had a few things that have really brought up some some interesting points in my mind. And I want to make sure that we cover them. And uh, the most important of which is that there are basic, basic things in this world that I believe most of us as parents learned somewhere along the way that our kids just don't know. And, you know, every once in a while, I just get kind of shocked. You know, I get a little shell shock. I get knocked, knocked back a little bit um, at what our kids don't know. And I don't, I don't mean that, that they're, uh, you know, schoolwork or academically or, you know, anything like that, but mostly it's in problem solving. Have any of you other, you know, folks noticed that, that, that your kids just don't know how to problem solve like, like we had to learn how to do when we were growing up? I mean, I've, I've had kids just sort of go, well, I don't know how to do this. So, oh, well. It's not going to get done. <laughs> and I mean, that, that mindset alone is like not something that, that we grew up with. If something had to get done, you, you had to get it done. 
if you ran into a problem, you had to figure out a way to fix it. Nowadays, it's like, well, if it's not on my app or if there isn't a button for it, or if I can't just swipe up and get to the next step, then, hmm, I guess I'm stuck. Better call mom and dad. And while I'm grateful that the phone rings and my kids call me when these things come up, I'm still sort of flabbergasted at some of the things that they don't know how to do. And so that's some of the of what we want to talk about today. Um, you know, I, I've always prided myself in terms of being a father on having really taught my kids how to handle themselves in the real world. And um, the fact that they don't know these things honestly falls directly on me. So this isn't in any way a, a criticism of, of kids. It's a criticism of, of us as fathers for not teaching them this stuff. So, you know, today what I'd really like to do is just sort of outline four things that I, I have come to see we really need to spend more time on um, as parents to say, hey, you need to learn how to do this. And that means I need to teach it to you. So here's some homework for us and some things that we need to work on moving forward. And um, I, I do hope that you'll take heed and, and, uh, and somebody will put some of this into practice and make their life a little bit better. So without further ado, um, problem solving. Number one. We need to teach our kids that life is a story problem. You guys remember those? I think they've been outlawed at this point. Um, you know, if a car is driving 65 miles an hour and uh, is going 47 miles and is carrying eight watermelons uh, and a horse and buggy is going 10 miles an hour and traveling eight miles and uh, carrying 15 watermelons, which vehicle is going to get to their destination first? And what is the name of the winning driver? <laughs> you know, I mean, those are the things we grew up with, having to figure out. And our whole lives were like that. You know, we grew up in a generation of the pictures not coming in on the TV. So what do you do? Well, today, if the picture's not coming in on the TV, you call the cable company. Or your satellite provider. Or you call Netflix direct. I mean, whoever it is. Back in the day, we literally had to make sure the antenna uh, slash rabbit ears, you know, whatever it was, was connected with a screwdriver to the back of the TV. We had to make sure it was pointed the right direction. Were the antennas fully extended? Was there anything in the way? Um, did we have the proper amount of tinfoil attached to each of them? Um, were there, you know, fingerprints on the tinfoil that might interrupt the reception? I mean, you know, you guys get where I'm going here. This is a real story. We couldn't even just sit down and watch TV without making sure that everything was correct. And when it went bad, it was our job to play around with the thing to fix it. And every one of us figured out what angle those antennas should be pointed to, where it should be placed on top of the, the console, 
you know, what direction this should be pointing, how that should be hooked on, how much foil should be here. And we all had our little setup that we knew worked, but the only way that we found it was through a lot of hard work. And here's something, trial and error. Trial and error. That's how we survived all these years on this planet. Our kids just don't get that. Um, so a, a lot of it is technology. A lot of it is uh, our parenting. You know, uh, a lot of helicopter parenting. A lot of us not wanting our kids to have to deal with anything. And so we keep them in bubbles and we take care of everything for them. Um, we want to be there. Uh, for our kids, uh, a lot of us didn't have parents that were there for us. So we want to make sure that we're there for our kids and we end up taking care of every little thing. And the problem with that is that when something goes wrong, yes, they call mom and dad, but they don't know how to take care of it themselves. They don't understand the thought process that goes into it. So. We need to really teach our kids how to work story problems. And we need to teach them that life is an ongoing, ever-changing, multiple-choice story problem. Every single thing in your life has to be figured out as you go. There's multiple options. There's going to be different ways you can attack it. And you have to be the one to decide how to attack it because it's your life. So I think that that's a great place for us to start. Let's make sure that our kids understand what a story problem is and that life really is one big story problem. Number two. I was going to call this one the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but you know I didn't want that to go the wrong way. So let's just say that we're going to call number two trust but verify. Okay. Um, our kids have become way too dependent, and I mean dependent, on online applications, on the internet itself, on the idea that all I have to do is do my part and someone else will do their part. They just assume that it's going to be done. Whereas a lot of us grew up assuming that if someone else had to do something in order for us to get what we needed, we assumed that they weren't going to get it done and we stayed on them about it. <laughs> Case in point, you know, my son uh, recently was in a, a car accident. Uh, he's fine, but it was totally the other person's fault. And um, he basically had to, you know, do all the, the footwork and go to the website to get the police report and everything else. Well, Lots of things didn't get done. And after an entire week went by and nothing had gotten done and he hadn't heard anything, I'm like, what is going on with your car? And I finally had to say, look, you need to call these people and find out if that got done. And then when that's fixed, you need to take that and then go call these people. And he goes, you know, dad, I, I already did. I went on the app and I filled it out and it says right here, awaiting, you know, response. I said, listen, you need to find the phone number and call 
and talk to a person. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, my, my kid's very good about doing what he's got to do, you know, when I tell him what he needs to do. But the problem that I saw inherent with the way that he was handling the problem was that because the online application said, hey, it's being handled, he assumed it was actually being handled. He trusted that. And so I don't want him to grow up and be cynical about it, but I want him to trust, but verify. You know, if an insurance adjuster is supposed to come out and take a look and they're supposed to contact you in two or three days, on day four, pick up the phone and call. Hi. Hey, just want to make sure we're still on, you know, the schedule. Uh, any idea when I might be hearing from this person? And I'm not, you know, advocating being rude or, or pushy or anything like that. But I am saying, look, no one's going to take care of you in this world except you. That's just that. Yes, your parents will do their absolute best to take care of you. But in the end, you have to take care of you. So you can't just sit there and wait. You've got to go out. You've got to push. You got to be the squeaky wheel if you want to get some grease. Too often we just sit back and we wait and we go, hey, you know, uh, waiting on a package coming from overseas. And it says online, you know, awaiting shipping. Okay. You know what? After a while, that place needs a phone call too. Hey, I understand that there's a supply chain crisis. I, I get that, you know, there's all sorts of issues in our country right now, but I need to know what you're expecting. Are we awaiting this like in the next few months or are we anticipating it in the next couple of weeks? I need to hear something. And then it's amazing how things sort of materialize. And what we found on a couple of those instances, again, just to share some you know, personal experience, is that everybody likes to just blame the supply chain now, don't they? We've heard on the news there's a supply chain crisis. We've heard on the news you can't get any of your stuff on time. So you have people who are at work and they can't get it all done and they want to go home. And if stuff gets to people late, they just say, hey, it's a supply chain. What can I tell you? Funny how when you actually make a phone call, all of a sudden you get put into a different category. And that category is we're going to actually ship your product now. Yeah. Because we realize you're actually paying attention and not waiting. So I guess we'll move you to the front of the line. The world we live in today. Honestly, it just makes me shake my head, but I digress. So, number two, trust. Sure. But verify. Number three. And this one's near and dear to my heart because, you know, at, at heart, I, I suppose I'm probably a closet nerd um, and I'm definitely a Trekkie. Um, it, that means I like the show Star Trek, you know, from way back. But um, number three is you have to teach your kids about the Kobayashi Maru. And for those of you who haven't heard of it, let me just educate you quickly. In Star Trek lore... The Kobayashi Maru was the name of a ship that was, uh, you know, under distress. And a uh, ship's captain in training had to take this test 
on how to save the ship. And when they take the test, they have grandiose ideas of how they're going to rescue the ship and pull these great maneuvers and everything else. And what they don't realize is that the test itself is rigged against them so that there is no way to win. They go into it and every single thing they try, the simulation blows up in their face and stops them from doing that or has something fail or um, it doesn't work. And the purpose of the Kobayashi Maru is to teach cadets how to handle themselves under pressure in the face of the no-win scenario. Star Trek fans know exactly where I'm going with this. For those of you who aren't, here we go. Captain Kirk, <laughs> the hero, says in uh, Star Trek II, the Rathacon, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. When I was young, those words hit me so incredibly hard. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. There's always a way. You may have to work harder than you've ever worked. You may have to sacrifice more than you ever thought. But you know what? There's always a way. So number three, teach your kids about the Kobayashi Maru. Teach them that we don't believe in the no-win scenario. Teach them that there's always a way. So if you're not thinking of it, if it's not coming into your brain, if it's not coming to the forefront, and you're like, well, you know, it looks like there's, there's no way to, to win here. It looks like there's no way to get this done. There's no way to fix this problem. That doesn't mean give up. It means keep trying. Keep looking. Keep searching. Trial and error. Never quitting. Because we don't believe in the no-win scenario. And if we don't believe in the no-win scenario, then that means there is a way. We just haven't found it yet. That attitude alone, alone, will carry your son, carry your daughter through more hardship than you can ever imagine. If they truly believe in their heart and their soul that there is no such thing as a no-win scenario, <laughs> giving up just is off the table. And how powerful is that? If you're a father, the most powerful thing you can teach your kid is that there is no no-win scenario. There's never a reason to give up and walk away. There's always a way. I don't care if you're trying to you know, figure out how to change a tire or pay for college or put food on the table. There's always a way. So teach them about the Kobayashi Maru. And if you have more questions about that, you know, message me. I'd be happy to tell you more about the story. Or, you know what, hey, uh, do your own research and watch the movie. 
Yeah. Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh, should pause and take another sip of my wonderful beverage. Uh, it's that kind of day today, boy. So, to uh, recap the first three. Um, number one, teach them that life is a story problem. Number two, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Trust, but verify. Really important. Number three, teach them about the Kobayashi Maru. Teach them that we do not believe in the no-win scenario. And that brings us to number four. And number four, well, I probably need a little bit of background, but most of you guys probably remember MacGyver. Even if you didn't watch it, you saw the commercials, you've heard the stories, you've seen the memes, you know what I'm talking about. Kids today don't even know who MacGyver was. They don't understand the premise behind it. For those of you who may have missed it, uh, or are a little younger than me and aren't getting the reference, MacGyver was uh, the name of a character in a TV show that was, you know, of the same name. And he got himself into, you know, all sorts of jams and he was some sort of, you know, operative, um, you know, dismantling bombs and, you know, saving hostages and, you know, uh, chasing bad guys, right? And he would always get himself into, you know, these precarious positions and he would never have um, the equipment that he needed to get out of them. So he would always have to improvise. And, you know, he would be sitting there looking at a, uh, you know, nuclear bomb or something. And uh, he would have to defuse it. And, of course, he didn't have the code to defuse it. And he didn't have the tools to, you know, do what he needed to and to take it apart. So he would, you know, grab some chewing gum and a reflective wrapper and, uh, you know, a paper clip and um, some, some lint and thread that he had in his pocket and... Uh, I don't know, some duct tape that he pulled off of something else. And he'd wrap all these things together to find a way to block the circuit <laughs> that led to the ignition or some kind of thing. He improvised. He thought on his feet. He said, okay, I don't have what I need right here to save myself, to fix this problem. But... I have to fix this problem. I can't just say I can't fix the problem. I don't believe in the, in the Kobayashi Maru. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. So MacGyver would find whatever he could find and rig something up to work. He used a little thing called ingenuity. He used something called imagination. He busted out another word, creativity. These are words that fall on deaf ears in most places these days, especially ingenuity. I'm, ugh. Nobody, and, and right now, frankly, a lot of adults included, can figure out how to get around obstacles that are in their way. And you know, it's, 
there's a lot of, of meme type sayings. I mean, you know, go over it, go around it, go through it, you know, but no matter what you do, just go, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sure that this is on a backbone swag t-shirt someplace looking cool as hell. But the fact of the matter is, is kids today can't figure out how to go around something. They don't know how. They don't know how to MacGyver their way through a problem. And so somehow, as fathers, we have to say, look, you need to apply some problem solving. Here's how you do this. Here's some thinking that can go into this issue. Here's why you learn how to do this and this, because you might need to come up with this one day. You know, it's why do you need to learn how to change a tire? Because you might be stranded someplace where, you know, AAA is three hours away. Where the tow truck can't get to you. And you can't just sit where you are. So you got to hop out of the car, get down on your knees, fix the tire, you know, switch the tire around and go. Kids today don't even know how to begin figuring that out. And yes, I would love to just blame technology, blame social media, blame the internet. I I would love to take that, that easy pass. But the bottom line is this. If your kids don't know something that they need to know, it's your fault. When my kids can't figure out how to, you know, solve A, B, and C, it's my fault. It's because we take too many things for granted, too, as parents. We assume that they're learning common sense and ingenuity and creativity, and we're not following our own rules. We're trusting that they're learning everything they need, but we're not verifying, are we? Are we really teaching them about the Kobayashi Maru? Or are we teaching them that, look, if you can't figure it out, just don't. Don't worry about it. Let it go. Don't stress yourself out. Are we teaching them that life is really a a long story problem and they have to break it all down into pieces? Or are we teaching them that's too complicated? Don't worry about that. Leave that to somebody else or call someone else to fix it. I think we all know the answers to these questions. So gentlemen, as we move forward and as we look at this, let me, let me just recap this because I think these are four things that we are grossly negligent in teaching our kids. Number one, life is a story problem. Figure it out. Number two, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Trust, but verify. Make sure, make a phone call, talk to a person. Number three, we don't believe in the Kobayashi Maru. There's no such thing as the no-win scenario. And number four, you got to learn to be a modern-day MacGyver. 
You got to have some ingenuity. You got to have some creativity. And sometimes you got to think outside the box. And I think by and large, a lot of our kids are positioned right square in the dead center of the box. And they think they need to download an app in order to get out of it. So let's work on that, shall we? Apply some of these to your own life. If you think your kids don't fall into this, okay, well, practice number two. Trust, but verify. Ask them. You know, hey, son, uh, if this happened to you, what would you do? How would you get out of it? How would you handle it? What would you do? You see there, you're giving them a story problem and you're hitting them with uh, trust, but verify. Do not assume. Make sure your kids have these tools. Because we don't want to find out 30 years down the road that not only did they not have them and we never taught them to them, but now the reason we're finding it out is because they desperately need them. And it's too late. Not everything is better today. Some of the stuff that we grew up with was a whole hell of a lot better than some of the stuff our kids get to grow up with. And I think a lot of you would agree with me on that. So let's put these into practice. You are worth it. Your kids are worth it. I know it takes time. I know it takes energy. But believe me, the work is worth it. You just got to believe it. Until next time.